and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This we- week, we will be doing a 2022 year in review. But before that, hi, my name is Hayden. I use she, her pronouns. You can find me on social media, on TikTok as Taika.YTD, on Twitter and Instagram at MCUYTD, and on Hive at BalancedLover69, although I have not used it in a month and don't know when I will use it again. Um, my brainworm of the week is sitting in the theater three years ago, um, on the Thursday premiere night of Rise of Skywalker in my chewy, ugly Christmas sweater, watching as they seemingly killed Chewie before our very eyes. And a gasp went throughout the theater and someone (laughs) literally yelled out, they killed Chewie! (laughs) They were a little, they were a little iconic for that. (laughs) No, that... I don't think I've ever heard a theater as silent as it was when it looked like they killed Chewie. Because, like, out of all the people that could have died in Rise of Skywalker, Chewie was not one of the people you expected. And for him no. to be allowed around since literally the beginning. No, and they're them- like, in the sequels, <laughs> we're killing off all those original bitches. All yeah. of them. Dead. Get him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, he is not dead, as we all know. But it was a harrowing like 15 20 minute period where the entire theater <laughs> thought Chewbacca was dead um, he's not dead and he got a new fucked up little dog so yeah. it's all around for Chewie <laughs> oh, true <laughs> um Emily why don't you introduce yourself next uh hi uh I'm Emily Pronouns or she her you can find me on TikTok at Stardust M and on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Stardust M uh, my brainworm of the week is Armitage Hux dramatically draping himself across furniture while wearing a robe. The way that Delilah S. Dawson was describing his little motions in Phasma was sending Phasma. me. <laughs> like, he was there, like, he draped himself across the seat. I was like, okay, what's happening? I know what you are. I know what you are. He's he's everything to me. Like, I need so to read that because guy. his Age of Resistance comic changed oh me as a person. <laughs> I, I need to read Phasma now. I was like, he. I I tweeted this. I was like, he is he is the man of a very specific type of people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with his cat and his robe wearing <laughs> and his pettiness. Like I just. <laughs> so true <laughs> he's kind of an icon <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh Liv hi I'm Liv I use she her pronouns um I you can find me on everything at Olivia Madala except for Hive, where I am Kira um my brainworm of the week is not Star Wars it is Muppets Christmas Carol specifically the line no cheeses for us, Mises. And also, the multiple Muppets Christmas Carol edits I've seen set to Taylor Swift songs. Multiple. So like, they, they made that for me, M, and Morgan specifically. <laughs> so true. I keep sending them to Morgan as well. <laughs> I got stuck. I'm stuck on Jesus Taylor Swift edits. And MJ oh. and I have just been sending those back and forth. <laughs> Oh no. And we just don't understand. She literally just sent me one where it's Christmas tree farm with Jesus. No. 
unhinged. <laughs> it's just one account that makes them do it. <laughs> also, I did get a new microphone for Christmas, so if that's why I sound rather crisp, that's the explanation. Thanks, Mom. So true. <laughs> this was actually a present for herself. Now. Because apparently when I have my headset on, I like yell. Um, so she thought that this might solve that. I'm not, I'm not sure if it will, because <laughs> I do still have to wear headphones, but you know. <laughs> oh my god. Oh <sighs> what? What, is what a wild time it has been. <laughs> it's what? been a while since we've all recorded together. <laughs> oh my god. It's been almost a month, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When was the last time? Oh, Thanksgiving. So yeah, yeah, a month. Oh, sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be better next year. The holidays are a weird time for all of us. <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. Uh, uh, what happened this month? <laughs> uh. I went to visit Liv in Canada. Nice. Uh, I had poutine for the first time, and it was slay. Uh, we went to the Henry Ford Museum, and we saw the enchanted dress and the Cinderella dress. The crazy and, little. And uh, Nicolas Cage's outfit from. Nicolas Cage's <laughs> outfit. <laughs> That's the really important part. That's the important. That's the important. Uh, outfit of that yes. outing uh and then i bought both copies of the mandalorian soundtrack on vinyl i i don't have a record player i just <laughs> the the vinyl covers were very nice the vibes were too good to <laughs> oh something exciting i finally set up if you haven't seen me posting about it i finally set up my mud tripper han hot toy and let me tell you, it is very sexy, okay? I took him out of the box and I literally gasped because he looked so hot. So true. Besides that, thank you. <laughs> so true. Anyway, what else? Well, we'll talk about bounty hunters when we get there. However, bounty hunters 29 did me severe emotional damage that had me literally hysterically laughing with tears coming out of my eyeballs in the in the in the Home Depot parking lot where the comic book store was <laughs> that's that what else uh diego would have got nominated for a golden globe so true deserved although i do think the cast should have been nominated for an ensemble cast which like yeah we still have the emmys so the emmys okay we have the also, emmys. where was the score nomination for nicholas Patel? a great question i'm literally i literally have my star wars playlist on shuffle right now where is it? Where is it for him? Where is it for end of day time grappler? Where is it for the vault parts? Where is it for Neomos? Where is it for Neomos, Morlana mix, Galaxy mix, Coruscant, Cor- what is it? Coruscant lounge mix. Where is it for um, tourists don't run? Where past, is it for? Past, present, what is it? Past and present? Past, past present sweet. Come past on. present sweet. Cyril sweet. Uh, Cyril sweet. Luthen of Coruscant. Luthen Royale. Like. BB-8. Like, B2 emo, Bix Kaleen, like Bix has a secret. Where is it? I'm asking. I'm no longer asking. That, that one at the end, I don't remember the title, but the one at the end of episode two with all the drums. That is <gasps> Wait, the uh, best. Pilgrim. 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 
I remember so seeing that the first time my jaw literally dropped. <laughs> yeah. So like Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Look, we all know that the Golden Globes are not the best. So if Daniel Luna <laughs> loses, I'll be upset, but then I can justify it as like, well, this is like a bad award. <laughs> but if he wins, <laughs> I will in fact be up the Golden Globes' ass. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, that's just how it be. It is and what it the is. Guy, specifically, if he loses to the guy from Yellowstone. Yellowstone? I'm sorry. My mom and my dad love Yellowstone. They like, it's like their thing. My dad literally has like a Yellowstone ranch, like t shirt that he wears all the time. It's so funny because all my dad talks about is how horrible Yellowstone is. And he tells people at <laughs> yeah, his no. work how they shouldn't talk about it very loudly because it's like a weird, like, he's like, you shouldn't, like, he's like, no. but the people at my work love it. And I just think. <laughs> And now Harrison Ford is going to be in the prequel to Yellowstone. I saw, my dad was watching also, my dad is like a really, he, his genre of TV is interesting. He'll watch like Deadliest Catch, um, what is it, Buying Alaska, which is where those people, it's like the reality show where they go and they find three different properties and then they look at them all and then they choose which one they want to buy. Um, he also likes Below Deck, which is that reality show about the people who live on a yacht. Um, all this to say that he has that channel that Yellowstone is on very much. So like when he's like in the bathroom or something and I'm sitting on the couch and the channel is playing, this is this is related to Harrison Ford. Uh, the, the channel is playing that Yellowstone is on and I the the prequel started playing it's like 1860 something or something and then I hear someone I hear like a familiar voice talking I was like oh I want to know I I wonder where I know this guy from guy fucking turns around it's fucking Harrison Ford and at this point I've been in Harrison Ford brain rot okay I watched Indiana Jones with Liv I watched original trilogy again with Liv um my brother he's hyper fixating on Indiana Jones right now so they've been on in our house all the time and then literally on Christmas day we watched um Raiders because it was on TV um so yeah Harrison Ford is just everywhere in my brain now and my favorite picture of the year to come out of this year is the picture of Kei Hui Kwan with Harrison Mm -hmm. Ford behind the scenes at D23 no time for love Mr. Jones like you can't beat that He's the saving grace of Temple of Doom. Yeah. Now, if he doesn't win all the awards for everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, he deserves it. Absolutely not. Yeah, I will not. Like (laughs) his performance as Waymond. I don't. I was like, how did this man just like not work in Hollywood for several years when he's pulling out this performance? Like, I have no idea. Insane. I hope he gets way more uh roles too. Yeah. Put, like you can't put him in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Please. If you if you look at that fucking fanny pack fight scene and tell me that he can't act and like can't do action scenes, you're lying straight through your teeth, out of your ass, all of the above. Like, come on. And when and when he is in the Guardians of the Wills prequel series. So true. This is how we win. This is how we win. We're Pepe Sylvia jipping right now. For specifically for his career. Specifically for Kei Hui Kwan. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that was an interesting tangent to go on. But yeah, uh, Diego Luna. Fuck. Diego Luna got nominated for a Golden Globe. Thum- double thumbs up to him. Double thumbs up. He, he deserved it. it. He deserved it. He deserved it. Even if 
certain lists try to act like he wasn't the best performer of the year for some reason. <laughs> Don't even Weird. fucking get me started about that list. First of all, that list didn't even nominate Bounty Hunters for Best Comic of the Year when true... No, it wasn't even nominated, mind you. Vader won. I don't know how in the fuck they were able after the fucking Governor Tauntaun arc, which I don't think a single person I talked to kept reading after like the second issue when they realized it was dog shit. When Bounty Hunters wasn't even nominated, when it just overall has a better arc, better emotional depth, better story, better characters. It's because people want that prequels nostalgia for some reason right now. Why? They're obsessed like, with it. So they get like crumbs <laughs> that aren't even good. And they eat it up. Yeah, because I was like, isn't it like kind of there's like even mixed opinions on like how Sabe or maybe I'm just thinking about your guys' opinions, but like on how Sabe is in that series. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I a lot of other people share it. Like the way the way her arc has been structured, it was like completely undone by the arc before the governor arc when she found out Vader was Anakin. Oh, sorry. Spoilers, don't really care. But anyway, it's just it the dots aren't connecting. You know, the dots aren't connecting. It's just people going crazy for bad prequels nostalgia, which we've had literally the entire year with, I don't know, Kenobi, uh, Obi-Wan getting his own comic series. Uh, I don't know, the fucking pod racing thing, Invader. Uh, What else? The Attack of the Clones 20th anniversary panel at Celebration. But any fucking worries. Vader winning best comic and... Bounty Hunters not even being nominated is a large part of my villain origin story. Anyway, That's a before, really long rant. Sorry. Before we get too deep into that. <laughs> uh, let's start our, our our year in review. Our Star Wars wrapped, if you will. Our star- yes. <laughs> we spent way too many hours just on this podcast alone <laughs> talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, so we'll start out with the uh, Star Wars TV shows of this year, minus Tales of Jedi, because none of us watched that. No. Um, but the other ones, <laughs> I watched a single episode of the Dooku episodes, and then I called it a day. I was like, I can't do this anymore. The first thing that came out this year was Book of Boba Fett. Mm. I rewatched it recently, mm-hmm. and I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I just wish they hadn't made it into Mando season 2.5. Mm-hmm. Like without episodes 5 and I 6. I think 5 and 6, yeah. If if they dedicated 5 and 6 to fleshing out the problems of Tatooine and like the stuff that Boba was going through, all of the complaints about that kind of stuff wouldn't wouldn't exist yes but no they dedicate it to mando and luke and ahsoka in the book of boba fett now i'm still salty about that yeah i feel like that only serves as a detriment to mando season three as well yeah boba or not boba uh din and grogu reuniting should have been like a pivotal moment of that season it was such a big thing in the finale that grogu was leaving Mm-hmm. and it should have been a part of like Din's character arc of like this him learning how to be on his own again and realizing that like no he actually really does want to like be a parental figure to Grogu he wants him as a part of his life just as Grogu decides that he doesn't want to 
train with Luke he wants to be with Din that should have been like a really big thing and it's just like oh, not just like resolved. shoved into oh, a it's, separate oh it's series. resolved already okay I guess like there was no built that up. like for as emotional as episode or chapter 16 was like it, there was a they were we don't even know how far like long they were kept apart from it could have been like a month so like what why why did they do that why? Because I haven't it just I was so excited for Book of Boba Fett I am a Boba girly which I don't talk about it much on this pod but like I love Boba <laughs> I love Fennec and then they gave us that and not to mention the fact that if they put Kira in it would have made a lot of sense it would have made so and much sense I and I will forever be mad about that Yep. I'm still so pissed about Fennec because mm-hmm. the way that <laughs> and like people in my comments I made that video where people were trying to be like well like well like Ming-Na Wen hasn't aged I was like I'm not talking about her physical <laughs> changing I'm talking about the fact that like her character growth is like not there like mm-hmm. I she, you're quite frankly you're not going to be the same person you were 20 years ago I don't care what people say I'm not the same person I was a year ago so you're fucking lying if you think that Fennec has just not changed as a person over the last like since we saw her in the Bad Batch and like it felt like they had so many missed opportunities like to explore like why Fennec is attached to Boba Fett except for the fact like it's just like well he saved her life it's like okay but that's not like really a reason for her to like stick around for that long yeah what about the fact that she fought Cad Bane in the Bad Batch season two and then they literally did not interact at all or even have a conversation despite him being in the show? Mm-hmm. Even though, like, no, what a perfect that... moment for her to maybe be the one that killed him instead. I'm sorry, but, like, for her to kill him because, like, all those years she defeated him and now she is truly, like, the superior mm-hmm. fighter. Also, I have issues with the Boba Cad face off in that because if you haven't seen that deleted animatic from the clone wars you have no idea what's happening like even people who are genuine star wars fans there's a good chance they haven't seen it so like yeah there's no there's to casual fans there is no connection between boba and cad bane like really? not even like and like you're saying it's not even casual fans it's like people who have if you've seen the entirety of the clone wars and like yeah. every other piece of boba media but you haven't decided you haven't to seen see that on youtube scene. and go deleted clone wars scenes yeah i have not said much about this because it just makes me so infuriatedly angry <laughs> that okay Com- complete transparency here. When I was watching the Book of Boba Fett episodes five and six, I was literally curled up with a blanket over my head, sobbing, holding a pillow into me. You can ask my college roommate from last year. She has a picture of me literally sobbing on my bed as she was trying to go to sleep. However, the fact that Luke and Ahsoka were in Book of Boba Fett does not make sense whatsoever. It mm-hmm. he. Boba Fett was not even in those two episodes. Granted, in episode six, he was there for like what two minutes, and when they were four thirty seconds, it's about thirty seconds. Like the people could try to pull that. It's it's a book. It has different chapters. Oh, I saw that. Shut up. (laughs) I twenty percent of a book is dedicated to 
to a, I, a character that barely has anything to do with it. It just detracted from the plot so much that it did a disservice to the series as a whole. When people say, oh, Book of Boba Fett sucked instead of the Luke and Ahsoka episodes, why do you think that the Luke and Ahsoka episodes were so much better than the Boba episodes, you know, who the show is supposed to be about? It's because they focused all of their energy onto this fucking fan service. It's a, that kind of filters into what Tony Gilroy was saying about fan service. And they don't mean like little cameos here and there of like people who make sense, cause you know, it makes sense. But the mm-hmm. fact that Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano were in a show with Boba Fett when neither of them have ever and interacted. And they didn't interact <laughs> with him in the show either. Like, it was completely irrelevant to the plot like, that was already happening. And it's not even to say that those two, like those episodes are bad, the din or like no. episodes were bad. They would have been really place. good. They would have been really good in Mando season three. I would have, exactly. I would have ate it up. I was yeah. like, but, wow, this Fork is so the best. Spoon. No, because episode five is so good. And like, so it's good. so good. Howard and she does such a good job. If that was the opening episode for season three, perfect. It would have been perfect. Yeah. And I, the thing is, I really liked the first episodes. Like I liked seeing Boba explore like his relationship with the Tusken Raiders but then the whole thing where they just like killed them all off and that was kind of oh lord like I and so like you know it just felt disappointing because I feel like it did have a really strong start and I was actually Mm -hmm. really invested in his character which I wasn't before Mando season two I did not care about Boba Fett at all but like the first couple episodes I was like oh no this is like really interesting and Mm -hmm. I just I then I just didn't really like the execution of the rest yeah. of the season and I felt like especially the main like war thing was so underdeveloped okay mm-hmm. here's here's where we get into comic stuff but yes continue and I mean I do love that Cad Bane showed up because I thought that was a really cool little that was like a fun little cameo that I liked made a lot of sense thought that was fun glad he's not dead but then like I feel like, or not Cad Bane, sorry, uh, Cobb Van. Cobb. I feel like Cobb could have been enough. I feel like Cobb yeah. and Cad Bane, for me, could have been enough. Chrysanthemum was good as well. Chrysanthemum like was also that was yes. the perfect Yeah, actually, yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. You see, that also, again, it's going to tie into comic stuff. So for the listeners who are unaware, which I'm pretty sure are not <laughs> many, um, the War of the Batty Hunters event happened last summer where Boba essentially, he was taking Han and Carbonite back to Tatooine and Crimson Dawn stole Han and Carbonite and then auctions him off to the highest bidder. Now, at this auction, you want to know who are there? The Pikes, the Black Sun, the Huts, and the Crimora Syndicate, with, along with Crimson Dawn, make up the five, like, families or the big five crime syndicates of the galaxy. Now, with the Pikes being in Book of Boba Fett and Boba Fett being Boba Fett, having been slighted by both Crimson Dawn and Darth Vader, why were the why were the rest of the families not there? We could have had I've Liv said it, I said it, Kira showing up would have been perfect. It would have balanced even, out. Even if it was just like at the scene in the end. Yes. 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 Like Kira being there would have rounded out his like complete arc and completed his transformation from ruthless bounty hunter to you know protector Mos Espa. It it would have made sense with the Pikes 
because they were at odds with Crimson Dawn when they were bidding on, you know, Han's body, which Boba Fett stole. It, it just, it, when people say the book of Boba Fett was fan service and they get mad about it, who do you think they should be getting mad at? Why do you think that the two best episodes, which were, I think one of them, which one was directed by Dave Filoni? The first one, right? No, first one was by Robert Rodriguez. I can't remember which one was by Dave Filoni. Or no, um, episode five. Episode five was Bryce Dallas Howard. And then I think maybe six was Dave Filoni. Well, probably if it has Ahsoka in it. Yeah. Like, (sighs) what pisses me off is when people say the Book of Boba Fett was bad, except for the Ahsoka episodes. There's your problem there, is that they put way too much Mm -hmm. time, energy, and creative thought into the two episodes which didn't be there and didn't make sense in the context of the story they put way too much time and energy into those episodes and like literally left the other episodes for dead if we're Mm -hmm. being quite completely honest which i like the fact that boba's character in book of boba fett really detracted and came away from this ruthless bounty hunter persona that he had in like the original trilogy etc really shows how living with the tuscans like changed him and changed his you know his worldview or galaxy view i should say and like changes how he looks at things but to have the attention from it taken by this moment that should not have been there in the first place it's just really done dirty and that's not even accounting for the fact that it was the first star wars show with two leads of color one Polynesian man and one Chinese woman who were both done very, very, very poorly by the disservice of this whole shebang. And let's not forget that, what was it that came out a couple weeks ago? Was it like the sticker book where Fennec was called Boba's sidekick? As in the main character of the show that came out this year is a sidekick and doesn't even get a name? Everyone and else pisses me too. off. Is you know that that would piss off Tamara Morrison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was he was really also there with like Mignola and like it's so upsetting. And there and there there were some. I mean, like Tamara Morrison had some really great acting moments in there. Mignola yeah. is a fantastic actress. I just, just feel like when. like yeah, I just feel like they weren't good enough. And that's besides the fact that then we had this whole thing of like. Tamora Morrison saying that he like worked out so hard because when he came back for Mando, people were calling him Boba Fat and fat shaming him. And that's the, that's the fandom that's not on, you know, uh, the creatives, but that's so like fucked that like, mm-hmm. it makes me so upset. <laughs> it gives me a headache, truly. Yeah. To think will, about how dirty this whole shebang has been done. I will have to say to be positive about the show because I still love the show. episode two is one of my favorite star wars pieces of media ever made Mm -hmm. the episode where he's taken in by the tuscans and like just Mm -hmm. it's just so well done and the director i can't remember her name right now but i hope they get her back to do more because it was just a beautiful episode and then it, it was immediately undone by the next one but if I I can just watch that one episode over and mm-hmm. over again, and I yeah. would be happy. There is something so beautiful about mm-hmm. that episode, Sorry. and like seeing the way that it literally ends with a tribal dance. 
Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. and like the it. fact that they said like uh I think they were saying like tomorrow kind of designed it like specifically like uh, some of his stuff was like kind of specifically based on like Polynesian culture. Yeah. And then there's mm-hmm. that beautiful video unrelated but like of uh when they gave him the Boba Fett helmet carved out of wood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that and was the just, stick. I remember. Yeah, that. like I wow. Um I mean, I hope if there's a season two, they learned from this, or I hope if Boba Fett is in Mando season three and Fennec or Fennec is in Bad Batch or Mando season three that we. Okay, I, I just looked. And, I just looked it and, up, and the director was Steph Green. So just going back to good that. for Steph. And let Alyssa Wong write a Fennec comic. <laughs> in conclusion, for the love of all that is holy on this earth, in this time of giving, please. <laughs> <laughs> let her write a fennec <laughs> please i will literally like go up to them at celebration with like a hundred like <laughs> u.s hundred and be like please they want to do it they've said it before on twitter multiple times like three or four times at the very least <sighs> it just uh, <laughs> Anyway, I think we should stop talking about this because there are tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the next show was Kenobi, which was actually the first our first test episode was when we talked about the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, something special about Kenobi is the fact that we got to see the first, well, I at least got to see the first two episodes at Celebration with a bestie of the pod, Kels, who has also been a guest on here. I don't think I'll ever be able to watch Kenobi again just because like the time that I had at Celebration and like watching it in a room full of 2,000 people watching everything for the first time and like yelling and screaming with everybody I I don't think I'll ever (laughs) I don't think I'll ever be able to watch it again like at the very end of episode two when Kenobi when when Obi-Wan he says Anakin like you know he whispers Anakin and then it hard cuts to Anakin or Darth Vader in the back to tube I tell you you could not hear a thing in that theater Kelsey and I both screamed so loudly that we almost passed out like I'm not gonna ruin that experience okay and then again we watched the episodes again when we went back to was it your hotel room or no it was Emily's right Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went to we went back to Emily's hotel room to watch it with Emily, Ari, Haley, Liv, and Kels, and me. And we were like on two separate beds. There was like the people that had watched it before, and then the people that had w- were watching it for the first time. It was it. Yeah, you just can't get that experience anywhere else. <sighs> when I remember when uh, Alderon showed up, <laughs> and you all. I remember you guys Liv, every single Ari one of I, you leaned forward and yelled because we were just expecting fail and then they showed Leia and we were that Listen. was I apologize for everyone in the hotel room <laughs> near us really? because like when we say that we yelled bail yeah we yelled we yelled it, it was, we yelled not it. exaggerating <laughs> yeah we were so excited so true good for bail <laughs> good for bail bail it's been a good year for bail content i think oh so yeah 
<laughs> so true. Yeah, I I enjoyed Kenobi. I know I knew it was never gonna be like my most favorite show. It was never my most anticipated show. Yeah. I was, it, and it was it was good. I loved. Mm-hmm. I liked that we got to see a lot of little Leia. I thought that was very fun and cute. We got Aunt Beru with her Glock. With her Glock, so, so true. <laughs> New girl boss, love her. So true. <laughs> what, what more can you ask for? Girl bosses. <laughs> Reva, I actually, Reva is incredible. I really hope we see more of her character mm-hmm. eventually. Um, Reva to join the rebellion when? This is my question. So true. She, I need it desperately. Overall, uh, I think the concept of Kenobi was good. And I, I wouldn't say it was something that was needed. However, it was something that was nice to see because listen, this year has been the year of Obi-Wan, okay? He got his own mini series and comics that lasted up until what, November or something? He got his own freaking show. He got screen time, or not screen time, but page time, I should say, in Star Wars 25 in that one throwback comic. Not a throwback comic, like the, um, what the fuck is it called? The the Obi-Wan and Anakin spinoff. Yeah, that one. But like the, what the fuck is the term for that? Anthology. There we go. That anthology <laughs> issue in... <laughs> in star wars 20 in star wars 2020 where he's like teaching anakin plus we got obi-wan in tales of the jedi which not none of us watched but i saw screenshot then on the timeline uh we got padawan we got brotherhood like this year has just been i would yeah overly saturated with obi-wan and i think just the show would have been good but all this obi-wan content like i'm kind of tired of him like you know the, the it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I mean, like I'm I um I'm tired of I've this had dude. Enough of this dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've had enough of this dude. Like I've I've had enough of this dude for a lifetime. Uh, and that's not even yeah. counting the fact that he somewhere in another book. I liked Kenobi. Thought it was a nice homage. I wouldn't watch it again probably. Not only to not spoil the experience, but also because like I've I've seen it once, and I don't think any of us have been Obi Wan people at all. Uh, we still read it. Like we still read the stuff because because the Star Wars got that, but yeah, I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was okay. Not not okay, but I mean, I again I liked it, but it was just like, it was not something I was looking forward to. I would say yeah, overall good. I think I was most disappointed by the fact that they just didn't really explore anything of Obi Wan's life outside of Anakin, Anakin so yeah. much mm-hmm. and the Skywalkers. Like I I understand that. Anakin is, uh, and you know, the Skywalkers are a really big part of his life and there's no denying that. And I'm glad that that was explored, but I would have also appreciated some reflection on other close relationships that he had lost. Um, I know a lot of people said like Cody, but even just to an extent, the clones in general, Mm -hmm. Satine, other Jedi (laughs) that he was close to. And we say that enough, but if they want to do a Satine and Obi-Wan book, I'll read it. That oh, yeah. I'm all down for. <laughs> oh, yeah. If they do a strategic Obi Wan yeah. book, 100 percent in. <laughs> oh, I yeah. one of my favorite moments of the entire Kenobi show was Tamora Morrison as that old clone. Oh yeah, that I will cry every time I think about it because it just the 
The fact that everything Obi-Wan loves was taken away by the clones, yet he still has has it in the his compassion. heart to give, to give yeah. this clone some credits. I also think about the, the Kenobi concept that we almost had where him and Cody oh. were like an old married couple and Cody was the one who looked after Luke when when Obi-Wan was gone. Like that would have been, I, I loved Kenobi. Not my favorite, but I still thought it was great. But Same if here. we got that, I would have known how to Oh act. my God. It would have been one of my favorite Star Wars things ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vinny and Blair, though, too. I just want to oh, appreciate her. She, yeah. she was so she did an incredible she was job as little Leia. Perfect little Leia. Mm-hmm. The most perfect. And I did like that we talked about this, and I did like how it added that layer of like, because they had this, it makes so much sense why then Leia would name her son Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, just uh, not just based off the one interaction they had in New Hope, but rather, yeah. you know, because he. Saved, saved her, her life and, yeah so i liked that too i think princess of alderaan jumped up on my tbr which oh hold on let me hold up my tbr for the camera or just the books that i brought home with me oh fuck i just dropped one of them hold on so we have aftermath last shot the solo novelization which i do believe i will be reading after i finish um star wars 1977 i only have 33 issues left i have to read the return of the jedi adaptation and then there's, again, 33 issues of that left. No, 28, because I read five issues before we started recording. So we have the solo novelization, and also I need to do a solo rewatch, but I don't think my brother's going to relinquish the Xbox for me. So again, solo novelization, <laughs> Rebel Rising, and the one everyone has been waiting for, Midnight Horizon. I finished Out of the Shadows a couple weeks ago. It's currently on my shelf, very tabbed up. I didn't, I didn't like it. No, we'll get, we'll get to that later. But <laughs> literacy has truly been prevailing these past couple weeks, thankfully. Now on to the big one, which the we won't talk about too much in depth. Yeah, Andor. Uh, we have if you're nine curious about our about that. Andor, you, yeah, you can go back and rewatch all of that in time and just ignore our predictions, which were really bad. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, this is hands down my favorite Star Wars thing that came out this year. It's oh, yeah. one of my favorite Star Wars pieces of media in general. It's one of my favorite things that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And I don't think I expected, I've talked about this before, I didn't think I expected that level of craftsmanship from a Star Wars series, and yet we receive. Um, we've talked about it before, the performances, the set design, the characters, the arcs, how the arcs were set up, the characters introduced in those arcs, the settings, everything was done really, really well. And for a little bit more nuance on the kind of pitfalls of Andor and how it kind of fails and like representation wise and stuff like that, definitely go listen to Rupalp's Pod Race. They have their weekly Andor recap episodes that they talk a little bit more about in there. But overall, Andor was fucking amazing. Like, there's no other way to say it. Andor was my most anticipated Star Wars project of this year. I was correct for that. Emily and I were both correct for that. Liv, Emily and I were all correct for that. It was, it's truly, it's probably the best Star Wars show that Star Wars has put out, but it's also one of the best, like, shows 
of the year Mm -hmm. like as i said before like the craftsmanship the writing the directing the acting all of it was top notch and something i didn't expect from a star wars series Mm -hmm. and it's getting critical praise Mm -hmm. as it should it was incredible like i mean as a cassian fan this was it was highly anticipated um and I had expectations for it, not, but not in the way that I was like, I want this and this and this to happen. I just had theories, but like, I, but still I managed to be blown away by like the amount of character development that Cassian was given, the performance that Diego Luna gave, mm-hmm. um, the other characters, like truly, I mean, I knew I was going to go into the show just like loving Cassian, but to come out with like I basically have to like I feel like I have to rearrange like my top 10 favorite Star Wars characters of all time list because of this show because like there were just so many characters that I immediately just like like, absolutely loved um the fact that this show gave us our first on-screen live action um queer couple uh with Val and Cinta and the fact that they both lived so we get to see them in season two as well um just I I mean yeah and you talked about the craftsmanship but also just like how the fact that you can tell like all of the actors just like so deeply cared for their characters and put so much thought into them even beyond what was expected of them like the fact that basically every character came out and was like oh well I had this headcanon of this and I don't think that my character this like and that how that comes out in their performance was just it was it was everything Mm -hmm. I yeah I I would read a million books about each of the Andor characters I would I cannot wait for season two um and the ways in which it connected to Rogue One and really expanded on the foil between Jin and Cassian was just so beautiful if you were I and it, and also if you're a fan of the rebellion like I think this show gave you mm-hmm. everything in a year that felt so heavily connected to the Jedi where people very uh adjacent to the Jedi to get a show that just felt so purely rebellion centered was mm-hmm. so great and yeah. so, I mean I don't and- know what else I could say about the show yeah <laughs> And to go along with that, the fact that it emphasized how the Rebellion is not just Luke Skywalker and it's not just the Jedi mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. driven by the Force. I mean, it is driven by the Force in that they believe, like, the Force is, you know, good. Duh. But <laughs> the the fact that it didn't, like, influence the plot at all was something that Star Wars needed a lot. And people say how... Some people say, like, how are you saying, like, this isn't Star Wars, this is the most Star Wars thing in Star Wars. If you go up to someone and ask them what Star Wars is about, they're they're probably going to say, you know, the Jedi or Luke Skywalker or something like that. The fact that this is so removed yet so connected to it, while still having those same elements that were introduced all the way back in A New Hope of sacrifice, of, of, like, familial love and, like, friend, like, friendship relationships that is something we haven't really seen from any of the Star Wars shows or like just Star Wars in general. And it's really good that they used this show, especially in live action and like getting all the actors they did and the settings they chose to do that. Anyway, continue. Yeah, it's just that like, I mean, I think people like, I feel like people said that as both like a 
positive and negative of the show that it does or doesn't feel like Star Wars. But to me, it does because for a man who says that he's not a fan of Star Wars, Tony Uri sure does understand what is at the heart of Star Wars, which is hope, which is the underdog prevailing, found family, familial love, um, sacrifice, all of that. Um, and a man that deeply understands what is at the heart of not just Star Wars in general, but the rebellion specifically. Um, and I mean, part of that does come from the fact that he worked on Rogue One. And I think it's a real, I think it really shows like why it's so good to have a variety of creators because you had Tony Gilroy, but you also had some of the writers um, who were bigger fans of Star Wars. Um, but, you know, then you have Tony Gilroy who says that he's not really one and he has a really specific focus on just like kind of the Rogue One Cassian, like, and what is connected to that. Um, and I think that is what, Star Wars needs um, and I think it's also good because I think that's what the accolade is doing as well because they talk about how they had some writers who are huge Star Wars fans and then some who like hadn't even seen any of it um, and I think that and or proves that that can really be a benefit to your show is having people who have different attachments because I think it creates a really good one and um, there's no one right way to make Star Wars and I think it's better when you have some variety so you can get shows like Kenobi and Andor within the same year. Different perspectives are not necessarily a bad thing is I think the essence of that argument, especially in like the world of Andor. Uh, yeah. Any final thoughts on Andor? Or Liv, what, what were your thoughts on Andor? I, I don't have any additional thoughts. I have said too many. Well, not too many, but we have like what? 12 episodes about Andor. I think so. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. I don't have any additional <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> I liked it. I enjoyed it. The prison arc was probably my favorite Star Wars thing of the entire year. So. Mm -hmm. Ta-da. Yeah. Slay. <laughs> oh, Slay. Were there any non-Star Wars TV shows y'all really enjoyed this year? I don't watch TV. <laughs> yeah. I don't think my repeated viewings of New Girl and Game of Thrones would count. Oh, that's another thing. I got House really of the Dragon. Yeah, I I, I, I like House of the Dragon a lot. I it's the first Game of Thrones thing I watched. I really liked it. Um, there's definitely issues with it, but I think it was super fun. And you see, I watched Game of Thrones to watch House of the Dragon. I got about half half an hour into the first episode and dipped. I don't know why. I'm sorry, but I did get the first Game of Thrones book at Barnes and Noble, and it's sitting on my shelf over there. Um, but yeah, it was not a great year for TV watching. I think the only like big non TV like Star Wars show I watched was Stranger Things. Oh, I also forgot Bridgerton. I watched Bridgerton. Bridgerton. This year. You had your I Bridgerton loved that era this year. I had my Bridgerton era. <laughs> uh, and I also, I Hay has her opinions. I really enjoyed our flag memes, Steph. I thought it was quite fun. <laughs> I do not even get me started on the television show. We don't need to, but <laughs> I thought it was fun. And I don't really participate in the fandom that much, but I just think it's a it's a fun little. <laughs> I will job. decline to comment. <laughs> oh, yeah. I watched Seinfeld uh, again. Seinfeld. And was there any movies? Because there were no Star Wars movies, but... The Batman. Batman was so really true. good. Everything, everything... 
everything everywhere all at once i saw um just watched glass onion i thought that was great i did not i genuinely can't it's... remember any new movies i've seen marcel marcel the shovel shoes marcel on. the shovel shoes on <laughs> you love marcel marcel <laughs> yes he that's yeah that's a great movie if you haven't seen it you'll it's adorable sob. yeah um what a picture and i I all know a movie we did not enjoy (laughs) dr strange but there was a madness (laughs) sam raimi i love you michael waldron did you so goddamn dirty (laughs) michael waldron i'm in your walls uh was there any other marvel oh there's black panther I didn't. Black I Panther. haven't seen Black, Black Panther, Panther and yet. Love and Thunder. Which oh yeah, Love and Thunder. Taika, you disappointed me so <laughs> severely twice this year. If I had a nickel for every time Taika went to you disappointed me, I'd have two nickels. One for Our Flag Means Death and one for the Love and Thunder. I was saying for the past three years since the movie, since the second the movie was announced, it was gonna be the best, the best Marvel movie. <laughs> what happened? What happened to the original plot of the movie? No, I understand. I understand, okay? There are very valid criticisms. And to add on to that, I do not think smushing the Jane Foster has cancer and becomes Thor, and it's a very internal struggle, I don't think smashing that plot from Thor 2014 and trying to do Gore the God Butcher, who's also a very important figure in Thor's life in the same movie, I don't think that would that it it would not have worked. There's just too much nuance in both things. Which, by the way, Gore in the comics was right, and I will always stand by him for that. Anyway, and actually, Thor believes it too, and that's why he becomes unworthy. Sorry, I'm getting too much into Thor. Point B. Also, She-Hulk was good. <laughs> She-Hulk. She-Hulk was very good. I think it's the, I the Marvel Ms. show. Marvel yet. I didn't even watch Miss Marvel. <laughs> But She-Hulk was very fun. Yeah. Plus it gave us back Matt Murdock. For real. For real, for real. <laughs> my everything, my sweet cheese, my good time boy. My sweet cheese, my good time boy. And it made fanboys mad about Matt Murdock, which shows that they don't understand Matt Murdock at all, which is always my favorite activity. <laughs> so true. I really fell off the Marvel bandwagon this year. I literally no. only watched Doctor Strange and Thor. That's it. Nothing else. God, I wish that were me. Oops. Yeah. I honestly don't think I'm going to watch any more of the shows. Like, literally just go to the movies, watch them on opening weekend, get them over with so I don't have to think about them. No, because the only one, the only movie I was excited for was the new Captain America because I love Sam. And then it's just an anti-Semitic a conspiracy theory. <laughs> So I, I I can't I don't have anything to look forward to now. This is why you get Marvel Daredevil, Limited. Bored again. <laughs> oh, there's I that. Haven't, I didn't. I haven't watched Daredevil. I watched like you the first should. three episodes you, and then I got distracted. I'm, I'm really legally, bad at TV shows. <laughs> you should watch Jessica Jones you. too. Yeah, Jessica Jones is really good. Luke yeah. Cage, I think it's it's underrated, but second season's not good. Don't even bother with Iron Fist. Don't just, bother with Iron Fist. I'll send you a compilation that's just Danny and Colleen that's the best part anyway <laughs> yeah no I like Colleen Colleen the no. fact oh yeah just send you a compilation of Colleen <laughs> yeah and that's basically all you need mm-hmm. so true 
I have fun fact about me I've been watching the Netflix MCU since like it was on Netflix and it was coming out Mm -hmm. so I have the trade paperback of the born again storyline that I bought two weeks before Daredevil season three came out on my bookshelf which I need to reread oh so that's why when I had to get it for my history of comic books class I couldn't find it anywhere yeah because the probably (laughs) yeah oh my god (laughs) because that's the um uh that's the arc that Daredevil Born Again is going to be based off of, but Daredevil Season 3 was based off of that arc, which, like, doesn't... I don't mm. know. Anyway, actually, let me look up how much the Born Again trade paperbacks are going for. Look, if they don't bring back Foggy and Karen with... Uh, Come on! <laughs> I'm blanking on both of the actors' names, but with the original actors, I don't want it, because the best parts of that show are... Like people don't understand that. Like we don't just want Matt. It, we want Matt with. We Foggy want Nelson Murdoch. We want Nelson Murdoch. Nelson Murdoch and Page. Like that's what people really love about the show. Anyway. Oh, you could get the issues. I've been seeing people buy the issues, which I think I need to because people are going to start buying them. My one regret in life is the fact that I didn't get daredevil funko pops when they were normal prices because now they're three hundred dollars a pop i did literally i I did not i got one of mine from the funko pop store in like i don't even know and then i got right literally november of last year there was matt murdoch in my comic book store and they said it was twenty dollars and i was like oh it's a little pricey for a funko pop but i'll get it because if he's in no way home his uh, it's gonna go up my true regret in life I think that is my greatest regret and it literally keeps me up at night but anyway the issues are going for not bad there's one for like 25 bucks which I mean for uh coming to be that old and like from a storyline that popular that's not so bad which like I've been going through that with Star Wars 1977 with Star Wars 68 which is like the introduction of Mandalore I've seen slabs for $1,500 slabs are like the the comic book agency like graded like the 9.8 9.6 I've seen some of those for $1,500. No, I just want Dengar in a cage, okay? (laughs) I don't give a fuck about Mandalore. Give me Dengar in a cage. (laughs) And there's actually some very nice layouts and silhouette work in that issue. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. (laughs) Just as another Uh, one of our silly little tangents. Next, we have uh, Star Wars books and comics. Yeah, this is our realm. This is kind of why I wanted to start the podcast. Like, this is for us. (laughs) So we'll do favorite Star Wars book that came out this year, and then favorite Star Wars book of that you read that like didn't come out this year, but you read this year. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I got pulled. My My favorite from this year was Princess and the Scoundrel. No questions asked. That's that's my book. And that was like my most anticipated book as well. So I just loved it. Yeah. And the the little comics bits in it. Yeah. The that was for cameos us. that made sense. Mm-hmm. Leia Leia's character in that book. Like mm-hmm. all all of the Leia bits on Endor specifically yeah. are Jeff's kiss. Mm-hmm. So good. Like the scene in the forest with Vader's body. Oh, that's God, so just... good. Ugh, so I good. need I need Beth to write Ray so badly. Mm-hmm. 
I need it so badly. And then what was your favorite Star Wars book that you read this year, but necessarily come out this year? I think Rebel Rising, which I know will make Slay. Emma happy. But like, <laughs> yes! I, but I have only read, I think it, it was like six books this year. And the other two, okay, let me see. Okay, so I read Rebel Rising, Princess and the Scoundrel, Queen's Peril, Queen's Hope, and Most Wanted. And okay, now that I think of it, I think Most Wanted and Rebel Rising are kind of tied. Yeah, but... you read Most Wanted for the first time this year? Yeah, it was in January. Oh, okay, I, I was that. like, yeah. <laughs> oh, quite a while ago. Yeah, but those two, it just, oh. I think Rebel Rising in particular gave me a better appreciation of Jan as a character because she she's never been my favorite I think when I first watched Rogue One I I didn't like her because I thought she made the wrong decisions but like I thought she was being selfish in the beginning obviously not at the end but the more that I watch Rogue One I just kind of like she's been through trauma and like if I was in her situation, I would probably be doing the exact same things. So <laughs> it's it is what it is, and I I love her now. She's wonderful. Um, and then most wanted, obviously, Han and Kira as so little true. babies, but not really little babies. I think they're like eighteen, like seventeen. <laughs> just I just love being able to get into Kira's mind. That was my favorite part about that book because the, the solo yes. novelization, as much as I love it, there's only like a few parts from Kira's perspective. Mm -hmm. Whereas Most Wanted, the perspective changes every chapter. So you really get to go into Kira's mind and see how she thinks and see how she she always has a way out. She always wants to be in control. Like she has, I just love her. And it, I really think it helps you read the Kira comics that are coming out right now because you just understand who she is a bit better than if you just watched the movie or read the novelization you know mm -hmm. but those are my two favorites Emily what about you um so I put favorite star wars book that, came, that didn't come out this year and then i was looking and turns out i don't really have a favorite that didn't come out this year <laughs> i reread rebel rising and that's my favorite um <laughs> but besides that i have like probably like three that are tied for my favorite which was midnight horizon um i still just adore that book i think reese is incredible in it i love all my the sweet cheese my good time boy my sweet cheese my rotten soldier my good time boy uh i loved the bits with cantum sai i think they're so interesting um and their whole story was so good just and you know it's the corellia duology it's if there's one thing that daniel jose older will do it's it's give us solo crumbs he's so real so for that. true uh <laughs> Like Liv, Princess and the Scoundrel was another favorite. I, yeah, I it was my most anticipated book of this year. I already love Beth Rebus because of Rebel Rising. I was so excited to see her write Leia and it was just, it was just perfect. Um, and then also I loved Padawan a lot. Um, it's my, 
by far my favorite piece of Obi-Wan media ever. I think it is so good. I think it's such an interesting exploration of like anxiety, um, especially within the Jedi Order and just like finding your place and deciding like what you want to do. I I loved it and I thought it was so good and I'm glad. I hope Kirsten White writes more Star Wars. Um, like I said, love to see her write a Ben Solo novel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those are probably my top three of of the year. I read a lot less Star Wars books this year than I did last year, but uh, it was a lot of prequel stuff. But I'm starting to get into the the sequel. I read Faz, but I think I'm going to get into Black Spire and Resistance Reborn next. Black Spire is really good to read right after Phasma because it's like a it's almost like a sequel within a yeah connecting. Uh, but Resistance Reborn, as we've talked about, is the No Way Home of Star Wars. <laughs> Um, for me, I'm gonna go with the besties and say that Princess and the Scoundrel is my favorite Star Wars book to come out this year. So what else came out this year? We have- I for Shadow sure thought of- you were gonna say Shadow of the Sith. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because you said in that episode, it was like your favorite Star Wars Well, no, I think, I think in our Princess and the Scoundrel episode, I upped that ranking so that Shadow of the Sith oh. was second. And then it was Persistent and Scoundrel on top. So yeah, I think Persistent and Scoundrel is top, uh, or number one. Shadow of the Sith is second. Third? I would... Hold on, I gotta think about this. Uh, Third? I would have to say Path of Deceit. I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. And then everything else that came out this year was uh, Brotherhood, which I still have not read. (laughs) Uh, Convergence is my honorable mention. Yeah, Uh, I really enjoyed that. I loved the characters a lot. It was like that's my honorable mention. It was so I loved I loved the characters a lot. The plot was like not it kind of dragged as strong, but I loved the characters enough. So that's why it's like Mm -hmm. it's an honorable mention. It's not quite favorite, but it's almost there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we had um Prison of the Scoundrel, Shadow of the Sith, Queen's Hope. No comment on that. The best part of that was the the interludes with like the the chapters of the women. Mm-hmm. That was yes. the best part. Anyway, was that book. Yeah, that was Queen's Hope. And then we had Brotherhood, which again I said I didn't read. Yeah, I didn't uh, read. We had The Fallen Star, which I sobbed reading that. <laughs> as did I. However, looking back, may not have been the best. Uh, Convergence, as we've said before, and Midnight Horizon, which we all know I have not read. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Princess and the Scoundrel is first, and then Shadow of the Sith is pretty much like a close second. I think for the breadth of the characters that it that it explored, I think Shadow of the Sith was a better book in how it explored them and of course the comics references etc but princess the scoundrel having like han leia and having my favorite era return of the jedi i think that just kind of pushes it over the top um favorite star wars book i read this year that didn't come out this year oh god i don't even remember what i read i read victory's price lords of the sith tarkin tales of the bounty hunters uh all the queen's trilogy I don't know how many that is. Three. Worst book I read, Star Wars book, 
the courtship of Princess Dude, Leia, <laughs> my fucking enemy. So true. Oh my god. That book. Oh my god, don't read it. <laughs> I, I never like actively say don't read a book. Just read Princess Do not. Admiral. It's so much better. So true. Oh, Padawan. Uh, that, that wasn't my favorite, but I still really liked it. Um, favorite book I read this year. Oh, and I read um, Inferno Squad, which was really good. I think. And you read the first two uh, Higher Public YA yes, people. I read those YA books. Yeah, I read those this year too. Um, and then I read the adult books last year when they were coming out. I think my favorite book that didn't come out necessarily this year that, that I read this year, um, Into the Dark and Inferno Squad. Yeah, those two. In the dark. Yeah, it, I was not expecting, I've talked about this before, I was not expecting to like Into the Dark as much as I did. It's I good. It's really good. I was not expecting to like reach as, read as much as I did. He's my pal, my rotten soldier, my sweet, she's my good time boy. Like as, he's, he's As everything. you know, my hot take is that is, I think a better intro to phase one than Light of the Jedi is. I think it's easier to, to digest that that's what i read first and i think if i had not i don't know if i would have pushed through Mm -hmm. light of the jedi but yeah i loved that book Mm -hmm. it it was really good and it's really interesting to see having read the comics first like when they were coming out last year i read like the um the drangir arc first like when that stuff was all coming out but then they got unleashed on yeah so it was interesting to see like where it came from and how it like spilled over into the comics and especially when orla showed up in the comics i might have to give those a reread because now that i know more about orla um plus yeah. plus sick uh rise of kylo ren reference so true with the maxine <laughs> station so true uh then yeah. next the big one let me get out my comics my silly little what were you comic. guys favorite I, I said, what's like maybe your favorite individual issue? And then mm-hmm. what is your favorite like series? Um, I'm going to go were, first. Run. I'm going to go first because I know Hayden will talk for about 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my favorite singular comic is between uh, Bounty Hunters 20, the Zuckus and Forlom centric issue, which I have <laughs> talked about multiple times before. Oh, I just, that's, I, that one came out just around the time when I was starting to get into comics um mm-hmm. like I'm trying to remember when I binge read Bounty Hunters for the first time I think it might have been February but like I think so so I read everything that was on Marvel Unlimited and then I went to the comic store and I bought like whatever three hadn't been uploaded yet and that was one of them and I just remember I I had already been like oh my god I love Zaka so much he's my silly little guy and yeah I was like that's your, that's your that little one. guy yeah <laughs> I started reading that one I'm like oh, it's about suckers <laughs> so that one I love it so much um and then my other favorite issue is probably Crimson Rain 5 choke on it just yeah just for that last page <laughs> i was honestly. thinking that <laughs> yeah it was just so good it was so good um and then runs overall bounty hunters what a surprise because, yeah <laughs> because like like i said i binge read it and like i think two days i read it like one that. 
1 to 18 in one like Mm -hmm. probably over a 24 hour period if we're being honest um and it just gave me brain worms and it is in fact Hayden's fault and I do remember (laughs) DMing her on Twitter and being like just so you know this is your fault this because of you and it ruined my life anyways um my other favorite would be Dr. Afra, like the current Dr. Afra run. Interesting. I love it. And I read it because I I had been collecting the new releases probably since January or February this year. Because that's really when I started going to the comic book store like every week and I set up my pull list and all that. So I started collecting them and I just kind of read them, but I hadn't really read the the first half. <laughs> that series um but when I went to visit Hayden in August I kind of read them when my flight was delayed so I pretty much read the entire series um oh I I had read the War of the Bounty Hunters stuff before as well but yeah yeah um so those those are my favorite um Domina Tag you are my beloved I (laughs) love you you would kill me but that's okay. And did you I have a favorite it. Star Wars comic that you read this year that didn't necessarily come out this year? Um, like, did you read Afra 2016 or anything like that? I haven't read Afra 2016 because I'm scared of LaRocca. Um, it's okay. He only has like a couple pages in the first issue. It's okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. That's good. It's okay. Vader 2015 that's... that you want to watch out for oh, okay. and most of Star Wars 2015. So that'll be my project for the new year is doing Dr. Afra 2016. Um, I don't remember, honestly. Because <laughs> like so I, last year, I pretty much only read War of the Bounty Hunters as it was coming out. And I would say Star Wars 18, but I think I read that last year as well because Kira was on the cover. So I bought it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it came out a couple weeks after number five yeah I I I vaguely remember reading that last year so I can't say that one um let's see imperial cadet I no I read that before Uh never mind never mind um target vader maybe target vader or the han solo miniseries the han solo miniseries those two yeah I read that Mm -hmm. I read that for the first time this year that fuck this year too jesus i've had it for years and years because my mom somehow found the trade paperback at dollarama for me when i was like sick a couple years ago and she's like here i got you this hopefully you'll feel better she was like they had this one and they had a leia one and i'm assuming it was the leia mini series which i wish she would have got that for me too but (laughs) um (laughs) but i didn't end up reading it until this year so yeah those those two are excellent excellent choices if i do say so myself thank you (laughs) um my favorite star wars comic slash comic series this is gonna be a shocker okay oh my god it's (laughs) obi-wan darth vader (laughs) oh my god yeah vader 2020 i'm vader grabby memeing you now (laughs) Anyway, my favorite series, to no one's surprise, was Bounty Hunters. <laughs> and as for favorite issues, 
Um, I have a couple. So, of course, we have Bounty Hunters 24, which is Valance's first reappearance into Bounty Hunters since November of last year, and that happened in June. So, it was seven months without him. It was painful. Uh, then we had Bounty Hunters 26, which is where Cadelia stays with Crimson Dawn instead of going with Tonga. Literally, emotionally ravaged me. <laughs> Still fucking loved it. Um... And then Bounty Hunters 29 was really good, too. I was, in fact, as I said before, crying in my car, the Home Depot parking lot. Uh, but issues that came out this year that were not from Bounty Hunters, uh, I've talked about this before a lot, especially during our Android episodes. Star Wars 26 through 28, that little arc of them rescuing the Crimson Dawn episode, episodes, operatives from the Death Star was not expecting to like it that much. Fucking incredible work. Um, also, Andre Genole is coming back for Star Wars 30, which is co- which the preview for that is coming out tomorrow. Very nice. excited. Loved his stuff. Um, the issue where Afra is... Not Afra. Uh, Tolvin is back. That one issue mm-hmm. where they get all the little exes, girl bosses together. Yes. Uh, and her dad. And and her dad. <laughs> he's, he's just there. Um... Vader, I can't think of a standout for Vader, except the covers, I've talked about this before again, the covers were fucking incredible from Raza. He has the next batch of covers, I think, that's coming out for the next long while. And I think next week is when the Phil Noto Handmaidens variant comes out, which I will be going crazy over. Um, Nothing from there, nothing from there. Uh, High Republic-wise, I mean, I liked the two issues of the High Republic that are coming out. They weren't my favorite, although I do love Vil and Tay, or Vildar and Tay. I ship them hardcore uh, because they're very Han Balance coded, and I haven't gotten a chance to talk about that. They're so Han Balance coded, it's insane. Um, I also really like Crimson Rain. I like that Rem was there. I think another standout issue for me was uh, Crimson Rain 4 which is where they go to Vader's court fortress and Ren literally like jumps out the window and goes later Vader. <laughs> I'm obsessed with him. He is my crispy little marshmallow man, my sweet cheese, my good time boy. Smash. Anyway. Uh, mm, favorite comic series that I didn't read this year was besides Bounty Hunters. I think... Target that Vader didn't come out this year. You mean? Yeah, that didn't come out this year. Sorry, um, I didn't read this year. <laughs> oh. I just like the idea of it. So <laughs> true. The vibes, the vibes seem good. So Be true. talking about bounty hunters. <laughs> it's my so favorite true. comic. I didn't read this year. <laughs> I read. I I completely forgot about this. I read a fuck ton of the age. I read the entire Age of Anthology in like two days oh yeah i want to change my answer i want to change my answer to the age of resistance hux one shot (laughs) (laughs) um i really liked those i really like the ray um age of resistance one shot i like oh shit allegiance too sorry (laughs) i'm just remembering everything i read (laughs) i know it's a lot um but yeah age resistance ray was good Age of Resistance Poe was good. I also like the Age of Resistance Finn, which is really yes. nice. Um, the Rose Tico one. 
literally I in my bed I was sobbing at like two in the morning tears tears and then Age of Rebellion I also really liked I really liked the Lando issue I really liked the Leia issue um the Tarkin issue is the issue where he like fantasizes about ripping his shirt off and beating up that one guy that hesitated firing on Alderaan uh enjoyed that it was funny so alpha male of him (laughs) as for age of republic i really liked the age of republic special which is the issue where mace windu and his old padawan not double balaba someone else or someone they go and it was actually yeah (laughs) yeah devastating (laughs) it was the it was Ethan and Paolo's first outing as, you know, as a team. And it was really good. And I didn't even realize until after I finished reading it that it was them. And that's why I liked it so much. Um, you know, it was good. The Django one shot from Age of Republic. The Age of, Re- the Age of Rebellion Han issue was really good. Um, I also read the Han miniseries for the first time this year. Automatic Tears. Very sad. Um, what else from Age Republic? I read the Padme issue. It was okay. Uh, I have it on my wall as part of my Padme shrine. Mm-hmm. So true. Uh, what else did I read? I read so much this year. As you might have seen on Twitter, I'm currently reading Star Wars 1977, which is an interesting time especially for someone who does not read old comics for the specific reason that they are very hard to read and are sometimes a little bit dated, if you know what I mean. Uh, I just like that they made Dengar a misogynist. It feels right. So true. (laughs) (laughs) And for those that don't know, in issue 68, the one where he's in a cage, he's misogynist towards Leia. And he calls her her cutie. He either calls her sweetie or cutie, which... (laughs) <laughs> don't it's like so that gross it's just uh. nasty but anyway i've lost track of which ones i liked <laughs> uh, but yeah that's what i read for the first time did i read target beta for the first time this year i think i did hold on oh no i read it last year i guess uh, i reread it this year it still counts uh but yeah that was my <laughs> favorite star wars shit that came out this year as for non-star wars books or comics i didn't i'm gonna be i i'm gonna be real right now i did not read a single thing that was not star wars i i got about two-thirds of the way into 1984 for a class and then i stopped because it was boring and i tried to read um and then i tried to read uh do android stream of electric sheep got about two pages in and then realized i needed to read 1984 for the class and then just never picked it back up yeah, this question is for M. She's yeah, the this more is for you. One. We had the I comic just question. <laughs> I just didn't know if they had read any like Marvel or DC comics. So I wanted to like. I, I think I did. Cover. I read. I read just the in first... case you had like a favorite of that. I read the first ten issues of Moon Knight of the original Moon Knight title, which were pretty good. Um, I read I think the first seven issues of Charles Souls's, um. Charles Soule's Daredevil Run, which again, I liked, and it was really good. Uh, and then Midnight Suns by Bestie of the Pod, Ethan Sachs. I was not expecting to like as much as I did, and I enjoyed my time in that establishment. 
very much, very much, to the point where I got my friend to send me a reading guide for most of those people. <laughs> I'm scrolling uh, through. Yeah, it's just all Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, so I finished the entire Bridgerton series this year after watching the TV show. I decided I was just going to read all the books. Um, so I ended up really enjoying that. Uh, and it kind of got me on my historical romance kicks, but my favorites were definitely an offer from a gentleman, which is Benedict's book. It's like a love at first sight. And it's a Cinderella retelling. It's the only book in the series that is a fairy tale retelling. So I'm not really sure what that's about, but very good. Uh, I liked it. Um, it's in his kiss was my definite favorite though. Uh, and that's the youngest sister, uh, Hyacinth. It's, her love interest is so good she is so good um fantastic book uh also I know that Julia Quinn has siblings because she actually writes siblings in an accurate way that doesn't feel like weird um uh Carrie Soto is back I really like Taylor Jenkins read um, I thought that was really fun. It's a tennis book, so I wasn't expecting to like it that much, but I really liked how unapologetically, like, unlikable Carrie was. Like, I liked her, but, like, she kind of came off that way. Um, Every Summer After, that was my Hawaii read, and it it's very much uh, The Lakes by Taylor Swift vibes. That's the best way that I can describe it. Uh, Legendborn was my favorite like fantasy of the year um, a really interesting like Arthur Roundtable kind of fantasy super good yeah I think those are kind of my top books of the year probably um, what I read recently yeah, I would say those are probably the, the top ones I read. Um, and I also really liked, uh, I read the Conquer Saga by Kirsten White after reading Padawan, which is the Vlad the, Impa the gender-bent Vlad the Impaler retelling. That's very good. It's really interesting. I need to read the last book, but um, those books have been on my TBR, like I said, since like high school. So glad to have finally <laughs> conquered that a little bit. Uh, but I probably, I kind of want to post a top 10 books of the year. So if you're interested in that, maybe I'll put that on my TikTok. <laughs> so true, as you should. I'm so doing, uh, I'm doing a Star Wars wrapped with all of the times that Star Wars made me cry. Let me tell you, March is already like a scroll and a half. I, yeah. <laughs> I have at least, I think, 120 pictures of me just sobbing when I was reading Fallen Star and Star Wars 20 for that matter. That's another one. I really like that one. That's the issue with, you know, Elzar and all the Jedi. Um, oh, yeah. The, the High Republic one. That's one of my favorite issues that I was reading Star Wars 2020 before everyone else was. And I had to tell everyone that Elzar was going to show up in Star Wars 2020 because they just didn't know. But anyway. So that's true. One of my favorites. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. Those are probably my favorites. Uh, do you have any like highly anticipated books for it? I don't really know Star Wars books. The I think I think last year what they did was Del Rey put out like an article like on the 30th or 31st of December, like talking about all the upcoming stuff, 
next yeah. year. Um, so I mean, oh, I'm not really sure about books uh, coming out next year. The Cataclysm, both the High Republic, Cataclysm, yeah, and then uh, and Path of Vengeance. Path of Vengeance. Mm. And then I'm also interested after reading Phasma, um, because it's Delilah Dawson Dawson that's writing the Inquisitor book, right? After reading mm-hmm. Phasma, I'm very interested in that because I did really like the writing style. Um, and I think she wrote Phasma so interesting as like an evil kind of girl boss that I'm interested to see what she does with like a fully Inquisitor character. Uh, and then I know there's also the Jedi, the Jedi uh, battle survivors, scars. yeah, whatever. <laughs> Battle scar that's Battle coming scars. out next March. Battle scars. Battle scars. Uh, yeah, that's only. And then I think we're supposed to get a from a certain Tauva? point of view. Yeah, I don't know if that's next year. And then I think we're supposed to get from a certain point of view Return of the Jedi. That'll probably be announced year. at Celebration if they do a Del Rey publishing so, panel or something. I'm interested to see what like Star Wars authors they get, and then like what maybe other authors that don't write Star Wars all the time that mm-hmm. they get. Um. I'm gunning for a balanced chapter. Please. <laughs> only if Ethan it's Sachs by Ethan, though. Yeah, only if yeah. it's by Ethan. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, I'd love for Beth to do another. Yeah, that would be really good. And for the sake of Kels, I hope they do a, a wedge or a, a, a yes. Nora or wedge chapter. Nora wedge her. chapter. So true. Um, Most anticipated books, Battle Scars, because I... I I just realized how little I talk about this, but I'm a really big Fallen Order person. Like, it's the thing that got me back into Star Wars. So, and that's coming out, and Survivor's coming yeah, out. Yeah, and, and Survivor's coming out in March, which I don't have a PS5, which I'm very concerned about because if I get spoiled for anything, I'm going to. Anyway, um, there's that. And then that's like the only, that and the Inquisitor book are like the only solid books we know about besides the Higher Public, which we've already talked about. But as for comics, <laughs> Bounty Hunter's 30. And 31 are coming out. I'm not, I'm not emotionally ready for this. I'm just not. <laughs> also 32 now because Ethan oh, is issue. a liar who came on this podcast and told me I was getting baby Zuckus <laughs> in issue 32. And then we get the solicits for that issue. And it's about Zuckus being in a coma and reliving his life while he's in a coma oh from a near-death experience he didn't lie he said he He presented it as like oh here's a little fun thing no no only i'm only getting it because he's on the verge of death (laughs) anyways I'm excited for the Son of Staros comic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which comes about out that. in February, I believe. And I'm excited so. to see how they connect the Staroses of the High Republic and the Staroses of, or the Staros, I should say, <laughs> of original trilogy and how they're connected. I think that the one guy with the variant they released, I think that's her grandfather. Mm. Which I think her that grandfather could be the grandson of Gira Staros. POV Son of Star Wars is a Martian row heir. Sorry, that was a little out of pocket, but anyway. Son of Star Wars, <laughs> nepotism baby. So true. No, she is. Because if, depending on what happens with Gira Star Wars in phase three, she could be a nepotism baby. Oh, you gotta I edit did your, not... your magazine, M. You gotta oh my god, I didn't, I didn't even connect the Star Wars. Yeah. I didn't even fully connect that. Wow. Yeah. 
that's crazy yeah she'll get she gets added to the nepotism baby <laughs> list <Don't you? laughs> right up there oh with God. mr santeca so <laughs> true oh no santeca we'll, talk about nepotism. We the, we'll talk about that when we get to the skeleton crew <laughs> um whoever said that the that the character Judas is playing could be laura santeca i am in your walls in a good way he's like love shit oh he's like everything positive Gluts in a positive. In your, in your ball positive. <laughs> uh, I I think now Emily and I are so obsessed with Laura Santeca. Like he's just he's just the guy. He's just a dude. He's just a dude. He's literally the product I, of hyperspace nepotism. Oh my god. As he should. Oh my god, the graphs and Laura Santecas, or not Laura the Santecas are hyperspace nepotism. That would be a good reality show, like a reality hollow or something. I yeah. I I hope you lie as Laura said. I would be I would go so insane obsessed with that. Yeah. And he looks so much like the older Laura I Santeca didn't realize actor. how much they looked alike until I saw until that I saw that tweet and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I don't know what is it, but that would be interesting because that would mean in two franchises, Jude Law has played a younger version of like a legacy <laughs> character. So true. And, but now he's away from the Turf franchise. So. so true. Off topic, but I will never forget when I went to see the Fantastic Beast sequel with my mom and we left the theater and the first and only thing she said to us she's not a harry potter fan she goes nobody told me that dumbledore was a hottie that was like so true okay <laughs> so true lives mom so true <laughs> uh, now we'll just go into like oh things fuck that happened this year um Sorry, before we continue, I just realized that the Kira trilogy is going to end next year, and we won't know what happens to Kira. Oh, trust me. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that later. Oh, I mean, Lord. Like we said, when she's put in Carbonite and then frozen after the unfrozen after the Rise of Skywalker, this and is how Amelia we get Clark and Daisy Ridley in a movie show together. She gets put into the, what, what are they doing The Formata right Cage. Yeah. That's my, that's my translate theory. and then she time travels back to the higher <laughs> she's in this phase is, three the vermont cage is our world between worlds yeah so true <laughs> <laughs> anyway um, anyway we'll go into just like things that happened this year uh that were exciting for us star wars celebration my god if you ever like why why you know if you ever want to find something to blame for this podcast it is star wars it's star wars celebration <laughs> you're looking to point the fingers it is star right. wars celebration <laughs> and spending True. literally 72 hours just not even leaving each other that's that's the the fault of that's the cause of all of our problems <laughs> truly <laughs> sitting in an hour sitting there for an hour so we could get good spots for the college panel only to realize we probably did not need to sit there for like an hour because <laughs> the panel was not that busy actually it, it kind of was and we got semi good spots anyway. we did get good spots mm -hmm. we got good spots and then we got good spots for the book panel after mm -hmm. 
I did not go to the book panel because we had to get refunds for Tamara Morrison. Rip that photo. Thanks, up. Tamara Morrison. <sighs> Thanks for that. And I had to leave on Sunday and we couldn't meet Kelly Marie Tran. Oh, I hope she goes to London. That's my that would be so my sweet. one wish. When uh, Hay and I were in the first Lucasfilms panel and we were the only people who cheered for Solo. <laughs> and they, were, they did a little compilation at the beginning. It was like all the Star Wars and like people were cheering for everything. And then Solo came up and Lou and, I, and Hay and I were like, whoa! <laughs> the only people in a room of 2,000 people to cheer for all the we were like, yeah. That's, but there that's were actually embarrassing for everyone else. Everyone, not for you too. There were people in the other room who were shouting, make Solo 2 happen. So we, we weren't were even there. The, we, we weren't there, but we were not the only Solo fans in that space. Okay. We were, and do you remember during the ILM panel or the, the Light and Magic panel when people yelled said it again. Howard, make yes. Solo 2 happen. So true. And both and of them said, were like, we want okay. to. It's just not our fault. Mm-hmm. Except, but I mean, Lucasfilm was there. Kathleen Kennedy ex- was backstage. So, like, except Bryce Dallas Howard should direct Solo too. Oh, that's a sleigh. Agreed. That's a sleigh. Mm-hmm. I uh, love my. She's my favorite nepotism baby. If we're we're still talking about that, <laughs> I love <true>. her. <laughs> Star Wars nepotism extends beyond the galaxy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we have the Gilroy nepotism and we have the Howard, the Howard nepotism. nepotism. We have the Kazdan nepotism with mm-hmm. old Larry. Oh, and, what's the other kid? Jonathan. John. Yeah. Jonathan Larry and John. <laughs> and then I think Warwick nepotism because wasn't his son in something? Warwick I know Davis? He has been in everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you say that Fisher nepotism is a thing? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because, because Billy Lord's first role was uh Conics. Conics. So Slay. Yeah. Absolutely. Fisher nepotism. <laughs> she, was, she was in that that magazine. Like the actual magazine. Yeah. She was an example. She was so, like because yeah. well because Oh, that's right. Because Carrie Fisher is also a nepotism. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly. She's double what nepotism. Reynolds nepotism. Like rep like mm-hmm. what what is it logarithmic nepotism in that <laughs> family um who else we have lucas nepotism but mm-hmm. with his daughter being able to i think she was gonna write the the arc that became dark disciple she was also brace's kid yeah and you know who else she was chairman papanoida's daughter and george lucas was chairman Papanoida. yeah i was like all <laughs> all of george lucas's kids i think have had uh and that, the kid who gets killed in revenge of the sith that's his that's son. his son his son yeah, yeah. What is I, it? that's the Zet other one yeah what a, what a role to give your child <laughs> here son go be a J- jedi and get cut down by clones so true <laughs> as bail organa watches and goes <laughs> no there's the gadston nepotism because uh they both played Jin. so true um, they they the sisters played the older and younger version of Jin. <laughs> and when they come back, then <laughs> then what? Then what? Uh, who we else? Love... I'm blanking. Star Wars is really a family affair on all levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because oh, all yeah. the Gilroy's worked on. <laughs> Gilroy, <episode>. sorry. To... <laughs> uh. 
anything i don't know what else for star wars celebration um it was a good time it was a good time i think the fact that we just didn't eat i think is something that we've neglected to mention is that we just didn't no we we literally just ate like bagels and chips bagels and fruit, fruit from cups and like coffee that's it and coffee from the and stand. that rancid chai latte that you got <laughs> that was disgusting <laughs> i li- yeah literally that's all we ate even though there was food we just didn't like find like it or have the energy in us even though we waited in that cafe or that coffee shop line for just as long uh even, yeah we just no i eat. think that was a lot shorter especially like it was in terms shorter. of like uh like getting out the food like kels and i we were waiting in line outside because they were literally about to pass out because they hadn't eaten all day and you're like you know what fuck it let's just go into the cafe there was no line there was like two people ahead truly, of us truly i was the most complete meal that I ate yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it was IHOP and then when I got home on Saturday and, and Sunday I got cup of noodles from the hotel bar <laughs> I I have to say I just still remember uh hey these crepes are delightful and station I going no they're not <laughs> <laughs> oh, you forgot my buttered toast and ranch Butter toasted ranch. My delightful snack that everyone shades me for. <laughs> Canonical Choco Milk. Chalky uh, <laughs> Milk Enjoyers. enjoyers. Ray and Ray and Jin. Jin. Uh, the, the McDonald's parking lot fight. Not McDonald's, sorry. That's my... That's I my, hop. I hop. <laughs> yeah, I hop parking lot fight. That's my... McDonald's parking lot is my friends back home. But yeah, the I hop parking lot fight. The, the, the ginger brawl. <laughs> the ginger brawl? I also, this was just me, but when I went to Disneyland for Star Wars night and I got just a skewer of meat from Adventureland and I was trying to find somewhere to sit and who walks past me but Charles Soule, Kevin Scott, and Claudia Gray while I am holding this stick of meat wearing Kira cosplay. I'm just like, hmm, okay. Another honorable mention when I went into the bathroom during the Kenobi premiere and Claudia Gray walked in the bathroom with me and washed her hands next to me. There was Fantastic. that. And then there was me almost having a breakdown in front of Ethan Sachs, Alyssa Wong, and Jody Hauser, which I don't think Jody Hauser likes me very much, but anyway. Um, yeah, them just trying not to have a breakdown in front of them before I had to go pick up Liv at the celebration store. <laughs> Oh, and Kevin Scott just automatically the celebration store itself. Kevin Scott basically avoiding me whenever I wanted him to sign my comics. That that will never not be funny to me. It's a personal vendetta against. It's literally a personal vendetta against me. Like, nope. Charles told him, and she's like, he's like, watch out for her. (laughs) She'll make you sign fifteen issues. I still feel bad about that, but I gave him my uh, sharpie afterwards, so he should thank me anyway. Anyway. Oh, the clown um, car little satchel. <laughs> My silly little knapsack. Your silly little knapsack. And how could we forget being in the background of the High Republic video when none of us were dressed in High Republic cosplay? We're all in solo cosplay. I didn't know what was happening at all. Neither I, did I. I said Charles Daniel was like, <laughs> Daniel and Daniel are having a conversation with me while they're trying to film. 
seeing Charles' soul from across the fountain and shaking Liv's hand with the the caramel macchiato in it being like, that's Charles' soul, that's Charles' soul. Also trying not to pass out because all of the authors were there. Throwing like collapsed in the line because uh, I found out Diego was kind of be there. Yeah. Oh my god. So many things I forgot, and then everything is it's just like bubbling up. Yeah, it's like, just coming back. <laughs> like, do you remember when we were going to get the posters from the what is it, the, the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase? And that giant ass line that like wrapped around the entire convention hall, that little like inlet that they bought out. There was that. And the fact that Ethan DM'd me and asked me where I was and then sent me a picture of Alyssa Wong when I didn't know they were, they were, I thought they were going to be there on Friday, but they got there on Thursday. <laughs> and then we, that was crazy. Oh, that, I will never get over that. And hyperventilating when I saw the DM and I showed Emily and I was having a bit of a breakdown. Oh, what else? Oh, <laughs> There was the Valisonation meetup on the side <laughs> of the exhibition hall. Just where the we four of find us e- and Ethan. Just, yeah, just... We couldn't find Ethan for like 45 minutes because he kept moving around. <laughs> and then, what else? And then me not being able to see out of one eye on Saturday <laughs> because I had the contact in my eye. Uh, and then Tamara Morrison canceling, not basically canceling on us. That was the best was, was when we, we walked up to that lady and we're like, so what's happening with Tamara Morrison? And she's like, well, we can't find him. <laughs> we're like, what do you, what do you mean you can't find him? And she's like, he's kind of just gone somewhere and we don't know where he went. So we're going to have to push back the photo ops. And then our worst fears came true because the they were the only panel that we wanted to go to. To the comics panel. He, he that was a cosmic en- fucking joke. He had to have some enrichment time in his enclosure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we started this podcast. Sorry, what'd you say? And then we started this podcast. Yeah, we did. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, insane. What was your guys' favorite episode that we did? Or favorite episodes that we did this year? Episodes? Or the Bounty Hunters episode. I was going to say, as I read 700 plus pages of comics within a day, my brain was fried, yeah. but God, did we have fun. <laughs> I we liked- were all delirious recording yeah. that. And every single one of us procrastinated so that the very last possible day we all read 700 books of comic or pages of comics and yep. we were all just absolutely insane. Um, I liked our Princess in the Scoundrel episode. That was nice. That was sweet. Um, oh yeah, I was really proud of our all of our Andor episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like all of them, we had the guests and like I just feel like those yeah. were really good. I, yeah, yeah, I was, I was going to say the Ray episode is still one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I really liked the episode with Josh when he yes. talked about um when we were just talking about like you know Nakina five and the aftermath of all that. I do Both think that our, our Ray episode turned me into a Ray Stan. Yeah. Like I'm pretty out. sure. Yes. <laughs> Both of our episodes with Savi and MJ are, mm-hmm. are highest yes. there for yes, me. I the Taylor Swift just so fun. <laughs> yes. Where she tried and to I- gaslight us into thinking you speak now as a painting. <laughs> 
I'm biased, but I like our Ethan episode because I get to oh, yeah. personally Ethan affront him. Good. <laughs> Truly one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Um, but I we did so many cat in our episodes, but I'm really proud of those episodes. Yeah. I, I feel like we they were yeah, good. Yeah, we did good. We did good. <laughs> we done good. Yeah, it was um, so fun. And I get a place to talk. <laughs> for a long so time <laughs> that's not tiktok because the things i say on here tiktok will not let me say <sighs> they will not they will silence us they will silence me i'm telling you now i have plans that i cannot tell you because the haters will sabotage me tiktok they is a hater me. i have plans that i cannot share with you right now because the haters will sabotage me so trust me any hoodle it has been a pleasure <laughs> um sharing this podcast with you both yes um and someone i can't believe we didn't mention this someone got to go to the andor premiere the yes. launch event and meet and talk to diego luna that's still so the insane red carpet and I still have no memory of what I said to him. <laughs> and all I remember is he touched my shoulder. And I met Aaron Kellyman. Aaron was... Kellyman, that's right. And of Daniel Logan? He was mm-hmm. there? And Daniel <laughs> Logan, yeah, that was absolutely, like, that was truly fucking insane. And, like, I still like, can't even, like, fully comprehend that I was able to go to that after, like, so long of, like, waiting for that show the fact that I was like invited and I got to like meet and see those and see the episodes before like truly one of the most incredible experiences of my life I will forever be grateful that I got to do that um it just insane and I can't even believe that like Star Wars would think of me as like a person to invite to that like just so so incredible and like I I said this but like the support that I got from like my friend like from you guys and like all of our other friends after that just like it's just so insane like I can't even but (laughs) truly like even can't comprehend that that was like a thing that I got to do this year never in my life would I have expected that they'd be like you want to come to the premiere like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? <laughs> I would I would have thrown hands with Star Wars if mm-hmm. they didn't invite you, to be quite honest. Because yeah. there's no one more No deserving. one that yeah. No one Precisely who has put more thoughts. time and effort into <laughs> talking about Rogue One and Cassian and Jin than you on the internet, I swear. <laughs> I just yeah, that was that was insane truly a highlight of my life and my year, my year for sure <laughs> and my life just in general uh are there any other like personal highlights that y'all had from like the year I finished university yeah I was gonna say yay I'm I done. finished my I finished my first year of college yay oh, also a very big accomplishment thank you you survived you. yeah <laughs> unfortunately yeah <laughs> Anything else? I got into comics. Yeah, that's a pretty <laughs> welcome to the to the shit show. Thank shit you. Show. Actually, I'm going to blame the class that I took 
last semester because it's the history of comic books and one of the for our big assignment he asked us to keep up with a comic that was coming out right now but he didn't want us to get like digital issues he wanted us to go in store to the comic book store oh I would have passed with flying for, colors well that <laughs> it, we weren't being graded on that but like he just wanted us to have the experience of going to the comic book store and then I started going to the comic book store and I became besties with Scott and I made a pull list and now um I think according to my League of Comic Geeks I have 180 comics that I own um and I didn't start collecting until February of this year um and I haven't updated this in a while I have many more than you. I know, but I've only been collecting <laughs> also been, for yeah. less than a year. Like, yeah. So, I think I realized that I had a problem. This year. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it comes to comic books. I, the amount of money I've spent on comic books this year, it is simply unhealthy. It is not good. Like, it is just simply... If anyone looked at the amount of money I've spent at fucking Kamikaze and Tate's, they would be concerned. <laughs> I'm hold on. I need to pull up my collection, which because I've been, I this I is, haven't. This is only because you buy multiples of each issue. Yeah, yeah. Just so you know, like if you only bought one, it wouldn't be this bad. Too bad. Okay. Anyway, too bad. <laughs> I read I cur- 52 books this year, which equates yeah, to a book a week about. So, yeah, that's the, the most books I've ever read in a year. So, wow. it's wild when you don't have school to take up all of your. <laughs> I'm time. You're hoping just like, I have your that character like arc as well. <laughs> five to nine. <laughs> My literacy really dipped off towards the beginning of this year, and I think it towards- came back at the end though. It came back. It's an underdog. It came back at the last inning. Um, what what started it again? I think what started Tarkin? again? Tarkin. Tarkin started the literacy kick again. Um, it was what Tarkin. Wait, and so how then, many comics do you? Oh, this is I haven't updated this in a while, and I didn't like go through and catalog everything. So this is like give or take fifty. Um, I currently have 947 comics. I've also been collecting, well, collecting, as in, like, semi in the know since 2018. But this year, this year and last year is when it really started to go downhill, and I don't think I'm coming out of it anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, especially, like, with now that I'm getting into Legends comics, it's, it's just bad for me all around. Um, all around around. uh as for literacy this year i hope this literacy kick kicks up or keeps up i'm almost was it i'm almost again i have 28 issues left of star wars 1977 and then i will be free to read again because even though i'm enjoying my time in this establishment there's 108 issues of this fucking comic series (laughs) Star Wars I like 2015. You, oh, I like ahead. how you say this like you're free, like you aren't voluntarily choosing to read this and can stop at any point you want. There's 108 issues, and some of the art 
and issues and select issues is not great but like the empire strikes back adaptation is something that everyone needs to read because it's fucking amazing like art all around everything just mwah, chef's kiss uh that's how you do an adaptation by the way even though they were they were working from like an older script hmm. that they were sent or like the editor got got to go to lucasfilm and like read and he also got like original i'm just info dumping about fucking Star Wars 1977 now. But the the writer got to go to Lucasfilm in Burbank and he got to read an early version of Empire Strikes Back. He got to see Roth McQuarrie concept art and he also got to see the illustrated, like the illustrated paintings of Roth McQuarrie concept art. And that's how he translated everything into the adaptation. But then you have Al Williamson who fucking blows it out of the park. His silhouette work his work with shadows just oh, so fucking good the han leia panels that he does insanity i've been posting about them a little bit sorry what were we talking about <laughs> oh god just uh personal life highlights <laughs> okay yeah L- literacy prevailed in the end yeah <sighs> uh, so what are we looking forward to next year High Republic, surprisingly. I think mm-hmm. I've finally completed my transition into High Republic girly. I think the YA books helped. <laughs> um, See? But yeah. This is what I tell people. Anyway. I'm excited for Cataclysm. Fucking terrified yes. for oh. Path of Vengeance. I'm also terrified um, for Cataclysm because why? Is it called have, Cataclysm? Why and does why he have Bella's lightsaber? Why, why does he have that? Why are you Arado still fighting? <laughs> oh, I guess Battle uh, Battle of Jedi comes out in January too. Oh, holy fuck! It comes out next week. Oh, next week? Oh, okay, because yeah. I know the. Uh, I'm probably gonna wait to read the when the book comes out, but I know that also comes out in January because I think it's so big they want to make sure it's. Oh my out. god! No way! I don't have yeah. to listen to the audio drama. Thank God. No, I'm I sorry. think I think the book comes out. I don't like. I don't like audiobooks, so yeah, I prefer to read the script. Um, and I think it's coming out also in January because I think you like need it for Cataclysm and Path of Vengeance. Like, I think it's like you kind of have to, unlike uh, Tempest Runner, which was just kind of extra. I think uh-huh. this is like an essential event. <laughs> oh Lord! Okay, I gotta go to Barnes and Noble, especially because Gela is gonna be in it. But I don't. I think that it book comes out a little bit after the audio drama, so I don't think it comes out at the same time. Mm. But. Uh, Mando, I'm pretty excited for Mando. I'm excited for Mando. Three. I'm terrified for Bo-Katan. Yeah, just it's absolutely. it's dark for her. It's bad for her. Yeah. She's in the hands of Dave and John. Nothing good can come from that. <laughs> uh, shaking my boots a little bit. Yeah. Not loving that. Um, but I'm still excited for it, and I'm excited to see, you know, what becomes of it. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, is Acolyte? Is Acolyte? I forgot. I think it's 2024. I think it's 2024. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh is that Andor my Ac- most? Yeah. I was like Andor and Acolyte, but Andor and Acolyte in the same year. That's they did that for you. That's a large That's a sleigh. sleigh. Mm-hmm. The set photos look so cool already. Mm-hmm. And I'm. Buryaga. I'm convinced that the Wookiee is I'm convinced Buryaga. Buryaga too. Yes, it has absolutely. to be. Absolutely. I'm convinced. Because what? We were never described another Wookiee Jedi, and it's age. It it feels like it matches them. With, I yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bad also the I, entire cast is very sexy. Anyways, Lee Jung Jae in the 
in the fucking High Republic robes. So good. Delicious. Show me a picture Absolutely. of Danny go. Oh my god. Anna Mendel Stenberg. Man. Yes, yes, yes. <sighs> it's just a lot. It's a lot. And yes, the Wookiees Bar Yaga. Um, yeah, the Bad Batch comes out next week. <laughs> I completely forgot about the Bad Batch. I personally don't give a fuck. I know you guys like the Bad Batch. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I miss Wrecker. I'm excited yeah. to see Wrecker. Uh, I have, you know, uh, I'm on whitewash the Bad Batch. It's, yeah. it's pretty, mm-hmm. it feels particularly bad this season. Um, it's gotten to the point, I've tweeted about this before, but it's gotten to the point where someone on Twitter thought Lobot from Empire Strikes Back was Echo. There has to be some point at which we draw a line. <laughs> there's just there's no reason for yeah but i'm excited to see record again uh and omega Mm -hmm. and tech and i i guess crosshair and hunter are there (laughs) i am just hoping for a fives mention because listen i am cody's in it so the fact that Echo hasn't like I I don't know if anyone has specifically told Echo what happened to Fives. I think he's gonna find out because there were those two. There was the two episode arc that was like truth and consequences. Or yeah, yeah. Oh, I got chills just thinking about that. Oh no, I need it to happen because I just oh I love Fives so much. Like that entire arc of the Clone Wars. I can't watch ruined me. Yeah. And I, it's gonna hurt so much to see Echo learn Find about out, what probably. happened, but it it needs to happen because I feel mm-hmm. like, because I love season one of of Bad Batch, but I feel like they only gave character development to Hunter like, and Omega yes. and maybe a little bit of Wrecker. But besides, and it's only because Wrecker <laughs> had the whole thing where his chip was activated. Yeah. So I feel like they need to expand upon tech and Echo, especially yes. and especially given that Echo mm-hmm. is a character that we already know. He already mm-hmm. has this backstory. He has all of this trauma that is, they're just like, he's here. He's part dried, so he helps fix the ship. Like, please, please expand. <laughs> please. I said this, like, it feels like he is the most, like, willing to disagree with mm-hmm. Hunter, which I feel like is mm-hmm. kind of what we're building to is like more internal strife within them as like what they need to do like should they join the rebellion should they just try to like be on their own and I feel like that is like gonna cause maybe uh discord within the group Mm -hmm. um but I've seen stuff where I've seen people who have got the screener said it was pretty crosshair heavy I think really I like cross Hmm. He's okay, but like he, he made, made his, his decision. Choice. Why are, I, why I are think we going he's, back to him? I think he's interesting, but mm-hmm. I just I don't know. I think he's really interesting and I don't want to write him off, but like I, I pre- prefer to I'm, see the I'm ti- I'm tired of this dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had I enough think of this that, dude. Like, once again, he feels like he's had a lot of development that other characters could also uh yeah. get. But share the development pie. 
yeah besides the problems with the bad match I am excited for not not as excited as I was for season one but I'm definitely interested in it um Mm -hmm. and seems fun I like the clones I like the clones yeah I like the bad batch specifically so (laughs) yeah I I want I want to see Gregor again he's my he's my favorite clone that is still alive at this point so (laughs) him and his silly little giggle I love him I love his his giggle so much and his silly little tank top (laughs) (laughs) so true um yeah and then y'all have celebration yes we do we are quite literally flying across the Atlantic to go. We're going international, baby. You know the the Cheetah Girls movies where they go to like Paris and stuff. This is Kessel Run Relay does Paris or Barcelona. Not, so true, <laughs> except London. So In the Kessel Barcelona heat. Hey, <laughs> um, it's going to be an a fun yet interesting time because now that we know everyone. It's going to be complete chaos. Yeah. And not to mention, Cataclysm comes out, I think, the day that we're supposed to fly. It's it's dark. It's very bad. So basically, I have to be there to emotionally support all of you. Yeah. Because I, I won't be reading it, probably. Mm-hmm. So. so true. Okay. Well, Axel- I'm there. Whatever happens to Axel Greylark and Gellum the Tie, you have to be there for us. Okay, I can I can do that. And hopefully Pontu <laughs> and Ziri are just fine. Truly cannot handle anything <laughs> happening to them, truly. Aram and Arido are still at war in the first in first phase in phase one. So it's just not good. I think I think I think not to jinx anything, knock on wood, but I think Fantu is gonna die in Ziri's no. arms, and it's it's just it's just not gonna be. Good. I it's actually good. reject that fully, and I'm just pretending like you never said anything. Because why would you do that? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, podcast episodes. We're gonna do a High Republic episode. I promise that we are. And then I think that could be me and Emily's little solo episode. Our solo episode because um, we haven't done with a, with another. We'll probably yeah. invite one of our many, many besties. <laughs> many besties. Uh, we have our Alyssa interview. The coming Alyssa up interview right is coming up uh, pretty soon, which I have tweeted out that question link. If you don't give me questions, I'm going to be we'll, in your walls. We'll put it in the description. Here yes, too, we will. If you would like to ask Alyssa Wong a question. It's going to be very similar to our Ethan episode. So yeah, remember that structure. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited oh, to have them on. I, I know. know. Like, I, oh my God. <laughs> they're so and funny. They're so funny. And then hopefully we're going to. DJO. Please. DJO. I'm, I'm, I promise I'm going to read his books. Okay. Please. <laughs> uh, we're also going to do more or get back to our movie watching. Uh, we were, that. thought we were going to do Revenge of the Sith this year, but we did get around to it. So we'll do we Revenge of the Sith. Uh, our solo episode will probably end up being maybe two parts long. Yeah. And our Rogue One episode will also probably end up being mm-hmm. long. Uh, but yeah. And then. Uh, oh, Kira trilogy recap. 
<laughs> yes, Cure Trilogy recap. Uh, we'll probably do soon. We'll yeah, we do a little Mando recap before season three. Yeah, because um, we do we do we talk a bit a bit about John Favreau, but we all are Mandalorian fans. Mm-hmm. We do yeah. like the show. Yeah, me not as much as Liv and Emily, but yes, I am an enjoyer of the Mandalorian. Yes. Uh, so we'll do a little Mandalorian review before that comes out. Um, maybe eventually we've talked about doing some sort of Rebels Clone Wars review, not episode by episode, but just kind of like general stuff. Um, yeah, and then whatever books come out this year. Um, we'll probably do episodes for those. If the Ray yeah. and Poe ep- book comes out next year, definitely. 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 Uh, probably, probably the Inquisitor, Inquisitor book. book. Oh, yes. Same brain. Same brain. <laughs> um, and we'll probably have a ton of fun guests again. Because yeah. there's a lot of besties that we haven't had on yet that we want to have on. Yes, but you'll see a lot. You'll listen to, I guess, a lot to. more of our faces. Yes. Um, I'm oh, we'll probably try- do a couple more character study episodes too. But we yes. just, our thing with that is certain people haven't read certain things and so we all have to read and watch the same stuff before we do them we're excited about next year yeah a lot of fun plans we're not going away so (laughs) oh that's what i was gonna say we're gonna try and post on tiktok more we do not use tiktok i'm gonna try and come up with a format kind of like animatics but not really because i can't draw where like you can listen to little funny silly little sound blurbs on perhaps our TikTok or our Twitter. Um, we're gonna have more interviews with authors as we've already stated before. Basically, we, could, we have. Go ahead. If if we could figure out how this stops recording in speaker view, despite the fact that I have it set up in gallery, um, then we would release just like funny videos. Unfortunately. We cannot do that for because for some reason it always records in speaker view, so you can only see the person who's talking, and that's usually not the full. Yeah, but we'll figure so it sorry out. Sorry about that. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but the animatics will be fun. Yeah. Anything else? We're excited to go into the new year with all of yeah. you, our wonderful we- listeners. We very deeply appreciate you guys listening yeah. and supporting us. I think we've been truly kind of blown away with how kind and supportive you yeah. all have been of this silly little podcast and us silly little gals. My um, mom still can't believe people listen to us. Yeah, my, my parents can't either. As we've said, the reviews from our family have been quite mixed. <laughs> yeah, they say we giggle too much. That sounds like a bad problem. Should be kept under an hour and a half. Neither of those things will probably change. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening and allowing us to do this. It's been so nice to have like a time each week where I can just sit and talk to two of my favorite people in this entire world. Oh, so. stop it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure to follow us on our social media make sure to ask us questions. We didn't get a question this week, but remember, we love questions so much. So So if you want to ask us, you can submit it in our email or on Twitter. Uh, But with that, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. May the force be with you.
Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yay. <laughs>